Good evening, and welcome to the Beyond the Beltway Radio Network. Thanks for joining us this evening. We'll be doing our hard breaks at 15, 30, and 45 of both hours. If you have any technical difficulties that you'd like to call us about, please give us a call at 847-425-0321. That is 847-425-0321. This is Beyond the Beltway with Bruce Dumont. Stand by. We'll be coming up on the air at six minutes after. Just three minutes until Beyond the Beltway with Bruce Dumont. We'll be on the air at six minutes after the hour. Again, if you have any technical difficulties, please call us at 847 Welcome to all our network affiliates. This is Beyond the Beltway with Bruce Dumont. Stand by. We are just under two minutes at six minutes after the hour. just one minute away now from beyond the beltway with bruce dumont stand by when you hear the music end you'll just have under 30 seconds to air
Live from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Rush Darwish, Arab-American businessman and professional association, and also a Democrat. Mike Miller, economist from Western Michigan University, Western Washington University, will join us in the second hour. Chris Roebling, a private investigator and Republican in the first hour, a private investor. <laughs> I better learn how to read before this show goes on. And John Allen Williams, professor emeritus from Loyola University, Chicago. He is author of the book, U.S. National Security. So forgive my... Uh, being a little tongue-tied at the beginning of the program this evening, but I'm sure it will get better, which means you should stay for the next full two hours to see if my tongue gets better. Anyway, nice to have you with us this evening. Phone lines open 1-800-723-8289. This program comes to you from just outside Chicago uh, in Elk Grove Village. And again, we are the Salem Station in the city of Chicago. Phone lines open 1-800-723-8289. In the first hour, we're going to be talking primarily about Israel and Gaza. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the second hour, but we'll get into the new Speaker of the House and, again, some of the things that he is trying to do uh, with a little help from uh, Mitch McConnell in the U.S. Senate. Um, we have a uh, hopefully a, a balanced uh, group of people here this evening uh, who are going to join us. Um, uh, Chris Roebling sits across the table from me. He has been a guest on this program for about the last three decades at least. Rush Darwish joins us. He is an Arab-American businessman. And I think, Rush, you've probably been with us uh, maybe uh, 40 times already over the last four years. And again, John Allen Williams, who's an old friend of this program, he joins us from Macon, Georgia. He is a uh, professor emeritus from Loyola University of Chicago and author of the book U.S. National Security. Gentlemen, I, w- I want to begin by talking about the propaganda war. And Rush, I want to turn to you because you were on the program a couple of weeks ago. And your point is that although the massacre was horrible, you think a lot of people in the world don't know that life for a Palestinian has been horrible at the at the behest of the Israeli government for decades. So uh, after you've had, you know, several weeks of uh, television propaganda uh, out there. Who do you think is winning the propaganda war? Well, there's no doubt about it. Uh, the Israeli government spends billions of dollars on propaganda. Um, that is their way of operating when it comes to telling a story that is uh, not even remotely close to the truth. And like you said, Bruce, at the end of the day, I mean, look look at the, the saying of Israel uh, versus Gaza. It's, it's Israel versus Palestine. Or I hear Israel versus Hamas. I mean, look at the talking point that right from the get-go, the media uses to take away from the people that are getting killed every day, slaughter, which are Palestinians. Um, so, yes, it is a propaganda war. Um, you watch Western media, traditional Western media television, and it is unbelievable how they are disregarding the thousands of kids that are dying, thousands of women that are being literally, we're talking missiles, guided missiles hitting civilian residents, schools, and hospitals. But yet there is no discussion about the word genocide. They will not say it. You, uh, Chris Roebling, uh, to you, you uh, visit the Middle East on, on a number of occasions, international <laughs> investor. Yes. Not investigator. We don't want to get to investigator. Yeah. You're just an investor. You're going to get me in trouble the next time I land <laughs> somewhere. Uh, 
question to you is, you, you've been an observer of this for 40-plus years now. Yeah, 38 uh, years on this program, by the what, way. What is the answer to the question of whether or not you feel the American people are getting uh, a straight look at what's happening in the Middle East? Well, look, I, I don't think that they are, and I don't think that it's easy to get a straight look. I think that uh, I, 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 I was in the region for more than two weeks until about uh, until last Friday, and I flew mm -hmm. home to New York and through New York to Chicago the next day. So I, I've been there recently. I saw a lot of the coverage on uh, local TV uh, and on BBC and, and whatnot. And I think there's a lot of bias flowing around on both sides. I really do. And I, I disagree uh, with Rush about the um, targeting of civilians. I think that Israel has a terrific record on not on doing everything possible not to hit civilians, whereas I, be I believe that Hamas uh, is committing war crime after war crime by taking hostages and by keeping hostages and by hiding behind civilians and by living up to their original creed, which was they would eliminate the Jews until the rocks and the bushes would say to the devoted hey, there's a Jew hiding behind me, go and kill him. So I, I think that there are a lot of bad things that have happened. I think that Gaza is a bad example of Israel uh, for, for Rush or for anybody who wants to say Israel has oppressed the Gazans or the Palestinians who live in Gaza because since 2006 it's been Hamas's show. And Hamas has really victimized its citizens because— Hamas is not interested in civil society. It's interested in extirpating Israel and the Jews. I want to give Russia yeah. an opportunity to respond to that. But again, I do want to bring in uh, John Allen Williams. John, are you there? Uh, I'm here. Okay, John, go ahead. We're, we're hearing you, but we're not seeing you. But go ahead. Uh, what is yeah, your answer to the same happened. question about just uh, uh, propaganda? Who's Who's winning this war? And most importantly, do the American people have a real clear vision of uh, Who's right and who's wrong in this area? Well, I don't think the American people understand anything in foreign policy very well, and many of them probably don't know where the countries are we're actually talking about. But it's possible to believe a number of things at the same time. One, uh, Israel is a state that has the right to exist. Therefore, it has the right to protect itself and defend its people. Also, at the same time, the Palestinians have been treated terribly by everyone uh, since 1948, including by their leaders with a succession of bad ones. But just if it's a just, even if it's a just war, it has to be fought justly. And that's where the question comes in as to whether the Israeli tactics are in fact proportionate to what the, what the war is. I want to go back to Russia because he has a lot of things that he wants to say in response to that, I assume, and I know you were nodding your head as, well, uh, as Chris was it's, talking. It is outrageous to a high degree to disregard thousands of civilians that have been killed. And where Chris may get his information from, I get my information from the ground. And that's doing my best to reach out to people, the people who live in Gaza, who live in Palestine, who deal with this horrific occupation. You have relatives there? Absolutely. We have relatives. We have friends who are giving us reports daily. And this idea of targeting hospitals, targeting hospitals 
and to say they that well, targeted hospitals. they have half the hospitals have been bombed. I, I, I'm half I'm the sorry. hospitals have been bombed. Half the hospitals have been bombed. Schools okay. have been bombed. All right, fin- finish. And 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 over three thousand children. Tell, tell me how three thousand children, Chris. Where where's Hamas hiding behind the children? What kind of tactical responsibility does Israel have here in the United States? If we, God forbid, had somebody that was lurking in a building or supposed a you know a shootout at a school, would we blow up the school? Absolutely not. We would go after that person. Okay. When we come back, I want to get Chris's response to that. And again, uh, uh, there's a lot of things we want to talk about, and I want to focus on that as we move forward. 1-800-723-8029 from coast to coast and border to border. Your comments, your insights. Give us a call, 1-800-723-8289. I'm Bruce Dubois. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. The kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Dr. Nia Hurd-Garris with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. As parents, we want our children to grow up healthy and strong. That means helping teens take responsibility for their health as they become young adults. One way to do that is to make sure they have one-on-one time with their pediatrician. That helps them become comfortable talking about any health issue with their doctors and with you. So make sure to give your teen a voice. It's good for their health. For more on teen health, visit HealthyChildren.org. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. 
Bruce Dumont back, and we continue with our guest this evening. And uh, I want to go back to you, Rush, because I, I, I don't think you were completely done with your your description. But my question to you is the, the horror stories that you're talking about, what happens in Palestine, let's say maybe when the cameras aren't rolling, why doesn't a broader population of the world know that, have those pictures, so that, as you are suggesting, is that when we see pictures of, you know, 1,400 Israelis massacred, we can, we can understand that. We see the pictures, but we don't see that of what you have described. With respect, Bruce, if, if you're on social media, it is all over the place. It is flooded. It is saturated with horrific images of Palestinians not only getting killed, imprisoned, uh, evicted from their homes on a regular basis. Uh, it happens in uh, world leaders, and it is it is well saturated, and people see it. Now, the question is, how come nothing happens? Well, one of the reasons, because the United States has made a clear decision that humanitarian causes or a crisis does not matter to them. Um, they see uh, Israel as a power player. Uh, they see them heavily influential in the United States government and the financial institution and political institution of the United States. So the United States has made it very clear, we are going to turn a blind eye in humanity and we don't care. And guess what? So there's no, Millions huma- of- there's no humanitarian aid that's going over there? I thought that was part of what, what President Biden was trying to accomplish. Right. There was an attempt for what we call a humanitarian pause. But let's talk about that. What exactly is a humanitarian pause? So we're going to pause, Bruce, for a week, and we're going to try and bring in some medical aid and some water and then continue bombing civilians after a week. This doesn't solve the problem. I, I, it, I, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. You need a ceasefire. You need to stop the violence wanna, because this is the only way that we're going to get to talking and and, 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 to, and have uh, some common I ground. Wanna, I want to go to Jay Williams and sure. then we're going to go to Chris. Sure. Jay, your response to that? A ceasefire. I want to make another. Uh, well, I've, uh, well, the Israelis are going to do it. A pause. No, they're not. They're gonna, not going to want to do that. They are going to determine to destroy uh, Hamas. Now, let's face it, Hamas is evil. There's no other word to put, way to put it, and they are evil, and the whole world will be better when they are no longer in control of Palestine. Stop, stop one second, is, Jay, stop for, I, I mean, stop from, for just, from Jay, Jay, stop for just one second. I want to get Russia's response just to that. The evil, describing Hamas as evil. Your response just, yeah. to, just to Hamas. Yeah, they're not, here's the problem in, in Palestine, that... Um, you are quickly labeled if you choose to resist for people who have lost family. Um, if you have no access to food, no access to health care, um, you have no access to prayer on Friday in Jerusalem. If you choose to resist being oppressed, you will be labeled a terrorist. Now, I don't agree with Hamas. I don't agree with their ideology. And that's being transparent right now. But at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with Hamas. And every Palestinian from professor to civilian will tell you it has nothing to do with Hamas. It has everything to do with the occupation. People are occupied. It doesn't matter if it's Hamas. It doesn't matter if, Bruce, if, you are, if you're there. It doesn't matter if you put the Chicago Bears in Gaza. If you choose to resist, they'll be called terrorists. It's that simple. Chris Roebling. So, uh, I'm, wait, just Jay to, wanted oh, to finish. Right, really, right. Sure. Finish no, your point, Rush, let me finish my point. Yeah. Uh, what, what you're doing is there's a sort of moral equivalence to people who are trying to uh, peaceably uh, resist what Israel is doing, and they're certainly entitled to do it. And I'm very critical of how Israel and other Arab states, uh, Arab states and the uh, Palestinian leaders have treated their own people. 
But let's not have a moral equivalence there because it fuzzes the issue. Hamas is evil. They started this. They is the Israeli government see. evil? Well, hold on, hold on. Is the Israeli government kindly, evil? Let's let him finish. Let's let him finish. Kindly, Rush, uh, kindly let me finish my mm-hmm. point. Uh, Israeli government has done horrible things, including Benjamin Netanyahu has been a disaster for everybody in the whole region. I believe that. I believe the settlers are running amok in the West Bank as we mm-hmm. speak and oppressing the Palestinian neighbors while they can get away with it. That's right. But let's just talk about one thing at a time because it, make, it makes for clearer thinking. Hamas is evil. They did terrible things and they don't care that there are Palestinian uh, 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 casualties. In fact, they encourage it. And that's why they put their uh, their uh, headquarters where they did to cause civilian casualties. Right. It's uh, right. There's no other uh, look, look, I, I, Chris I, I, I want to I just want to correct the record. I think that Rush was making a point about the United States not caring about the humanitarian element since Biden was president in 21 to 23. Israel has received $6.6 billion from the United States. Jordan, Yemen, Syria, Egypt, Iraq, and Lebanon have all received more than a billion dollars each. Jordan received $3.9 billion. Yemen, $3.2. Syria, $2 billion even. Egypt, $1.7. Iraq and Lebanon, both $1.2 billion. The United States is not tilted towards Israel. Of the $20 billion, $21 billion, since Biden became president, you've got $6 billion going to the Jewish state and $14 billion going to the Arab states. With respect to uh, war crimes, uh, look, I, I don't, I, as you know, I go to the region all the time. I've never been to Israel. I have a lot of Arab friends. 99% of them happen to be Muslim. About 1% are Christian, okay? And I don't want to see any dead Muslim Arab friends of mine. And I don't want to see any dead Christian Arab friends of mine. I don't want to see any dead Jewish Israeli friends of mine, okay? What Hamas stands for is the extirpation of Israel from the river to the sea, and they need to be extirpated for that, okay? And they need to be held accountable for the – hold on, let me finish – the misrule of Gaza since they won the election in 2006. They have oppressed their own people. And now, if they wanted to stop what was going on right now, they would surrender the hostages and capitulate. Okay, they're not going to do that because they are hiding okay. behind go, women gonna, and children. Let's let Rush. So re, let's let Rush respond. There, there's a lot to take in here. That's number, all yeah, facts. No, no, first, no, but, but first let's, 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 let's. You want to talk facts? Let's talk facts first. Number one, with respect to the stats, who cares what other countries receive? The question is, what do the Palestinians want? The Palestinians want freedom. They want equal rights. They want the ability to move. But how can you move when Gaza is literally blocked? There are walls surrounding it. And to call it a prison is an understatement. It is literally hell. 
It, it, this, it, it is this helped, is but this is not. No, this is not how. This is not how you achieve peace. This is I'm not. Sorry, all, I'm sorry. This, this is, is not what. How, this is not I'm sorry, how. I'm sorry, you Rush, solve a problem. Me, I'm sorry. Nope. Nope. You, you read, just you, can't. Let me. You, let me. Let me give folks, now, this is what now, the Palestinians wanted. No, it's not. This is what the Palestinians wanted in 2005. But here's here's the other thing. Walked out of Gaza. Well, calm down. Calm down. He I, got to speak. I, 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 do me a favor. Chris got to read do, his do, 80, do, 80 do, graphics. He got to pull up his graphics. Do me a favor. But, but everybody, everybody, yeah. Rush, do me a favor. I've tried for 44 years to have a balanced discussion of really serious issues. This is one of the most serious because we've been talking about it for four decades. So my question is, I respect everybody on this panel tonight, but please respect me and respect the audience Everyone's going to get a chance to say their piece. Just don't say your piece when someone else is speaking. Okay. And I will be the arbitrator of who speaks and when they speak. Now, Rush, your chance to speak. Well, first off, I want to say one more time. It's the Israeli government that's killing the children, not Hamas. And and you could say all day, Hamas, Hamas, Hamas. But at the end of the day, it's children and women that are getting killed. Number two, this occupation has been going on for 70 Five years. Hamas came into the picture in the mid-80s, in which, by the way, an education for some of the viewers and listeners here on Beyond the Beltway, it was the Israeli government that promoted and brought in Hamas in the 80s as an attempt, as an attempt to dethrone the PLO, Palestinian Liberation Organization. Stop, stop. John Ellen Williams, is that true in your view? Oh, actually, actually, Hamas was sort of, the Israelis were complicit in the creation of Hamas back when it was doing mainly... Uh, uh, actually doing some some good works but it's it's just uh, astonishing to me to think that one can say that Habas bears no responsibility for what happened considering what they did on October 7th 1400 Israelis butchered in front of their families they are civilians evil. and they C- have, civilian John okay. yeah. civilian uh, I thought we had a rule one, one if, 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 one, if Chris is going to yell then maybe we should all yell one at a t- one at a time now l- let me let me go back Rush, respond to what John just had to say. Had to say. Yeah, violence is not the answer. And we can put the biggest spotlight you want on October 7th. Prior to that, uh, Israel, the Israeli government has attacked and killed thousands of Palestinian civilians. They have imprisoned thousands of teenagers for nothing. A 99% incarceration rate. When, it, when Israelis, when they come and they pick up Palestinian kids, you know how many kids also have had their legs shot off for the price of nothing? So people can talk about October 7th all they want. And yes, we all feel for all levels of violence, but you have to look at the root cause, and the root cause is the occupation. You cannot oppress people. It doesn't work that way, and America cannot support it, and killing people is not going to solve the problem. It's time to start talking about real peace and real solutions. May I speak now? Chris. You Brooklyn. cannot talk, to, to quote uh, Golda Meir, you, you can't negotiate with somebody who came to kill you. And th- there is no difficulty in understanding this. There is no difficulty no. whatsoever. Hamas stands for the destruction of Israel. Hamas stands for the extirpation of the Jewish people. So does the Likud party. Hold on a second. Hamas stands for the genocide, the, the, the destruction of a people as such. Hamas is today's Nazism. Okay? That is the fact. While Palestinians and, are getting killed. Hilarious. Okay. We have to pause. We'll all be back. Everybody's got an opinion. I've got my uh, rope and chair here trying to keep corral everybody. 
That's the phone number you offer comments, insights. Do give us a call. I'm Bruce Dumont from coast to coast and around the world. This is Beyond the Beltway. Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me. I mean, let's be honest, no kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years, including what you've told me about not using alcohol and other drugs, they stick with me. And believe it or not, they really do make a difference, especially at times that matter most. Hey, want a drink? No thanks, I'm good. So thank you, Dad, for talking and preparing me for what's ahead. Thanks, Mom for never giving up and always being my biggest fan. Thank you for letting me know what you expect so I can try to meet your expectations. Thank you for talking. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pot has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont live from Elk Grove Village in Chicago. Nice to have you with us on Beyond the Beltway. This is the part of our program where we let each guest take a brief 10 seconds, 20 seconds, maybe a little bit more till I give you the hook. Uh, <laughs> give us your brief description of who you are and what you do, and we're going to start with Chris Roebling. Chris? Uh, thank you, Bruce. Uh, my name is Chris Roebling. I've been on the program for 38 years, which is <clears throat> just getting started. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm very fortunate to go to the Middle East, and I really appreciate all of those opportunities. And 
I have been very involved with Republican politics in Illinois and sometimes down in Washington, D.C. and other places around the country. So it's good to be on the show. When you travel to the countries that you travel to, yes, and you've said you haven't been to Palestine, you haven't been even to Israel. I've never been to Israel and it, you, or to Palestine, and I would love to both. Amazing. That's an ama- after 38 years, that's I know. amazing. Yeah. My question to you is, do those leaders or business people that you speak with in, in those countries, do they like the United States? Do they appreciate the United States? They all what appreciate role? the United States. There, there is a hardcore, I would say, probably uh, Muslim Brotherhood type group that is deeply, deeply uh, antipathetic. Uh, and that you, the Islamist wing of various elements is very tough on the U.S., but I would say, in general, what the term we used to use, the Arab street, I think people appreciate the fact that the U.S. kind of keeps things on an even keel, although obviously under Biden, and we haven't talked about the huge results of the New York Times poll that were released this today. Or number two. Biden is sliding right down the hole. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the United States is, is cons- I think, considered to be a necessary part of mm-hmm. the program. Rush Darwish, tell us about yourself. Rush Darwish, president of the Arab American Business and Professional Association, and also a proud Palestinian American, and also part of a wonderful group called Arab Americans Forward. It's a uh, group of national Arab American organizers who are essentially very upset, and we are mobilizing for justice and truth. And I think a lot of folks uh, will listen to the media, they will read, um, and they can do what they like, but uh, we are looking at the truth, and it's based on data and the words spoken from family and friends who live back home in Palestine. Based on what you know and the people that you represent with the Arab American Business Association, have you yet to condemn the Hamas attack on Israel? No one condemns condemns violence. Um, but and, and this is important to educate everyone here on this. The reason why, and nobody's ever, this is the first time people are talking about this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to talk about it right now. The reason why, you know, Palestinians are always asked that first question, do you condemn Hamas? The reason why we will never answer that is because we know that the violence against Palestinians stems 75 years. And we also know that before Hamas, um, the PLO or whoever resisted were seen as terrorists. And the violence completely overwhelms and outnumbers the the death and, and, and the land that has been taken from Palestinians. It's overwhelming to the point where... If we're going to recognize Hamas and what they did that was wrong, we must equally recognize the atrocity that the Israeli government has has led and has done to so many Palestinians. Do you believe that in the court of world opinion in 2023 that that's a position that's going to improve the number of people that support you or do you think it's going to diminish the people that will come to your side? Yeah, the people have spoken. All you have to do is look at the streets protest everywhere by not by the thousands by the hundreds of thousands from london to turkey turkey to washington dc over three hundred thousand people in washington dc uh this past saturday so the people have spoken now the question is does that resonate when it comes to polling here in the united states i think it will this time around especially in battleground states such as michigan pennsylvania and even georgia uh go ahead uh, john williams give us a little background on yourself let me, let me mention, because I know you're a very uh, modest man, uh, you are author of the book, U.S. Foreign Policy, uh, 
That's U.S. foreign policy. It is, uh, it's been described by uh, uh, academic and, and library associations, U.S. national security, I'm sorry, U.S. national security, uh, policymakers, processes, and politics. It's been described uh, as one of the absolute uh, must, uh, must-have books uh, in uh, libraries all over the United States. So congratulations to you. But tell us a little bit more about your background and your work with the Navy. No, thank you. Um, I am a uh, uh, emeritus professor of political science at Loyola University. I specialized in American foreign and defense policy and international security until my retirement six years ago, seven years ago. I'm also a retired uh, captain in the U.S. Navy Reserve, did most of my uh, most important duties uh, in, the, in the Pentagon and various staffs, but I commanded an assault craft unit in Great Lakes and uh, uh, taught at the Naval Academy, and uh, my my friends call me Jay. What is your reaction to Russia's comment that, uh, in in looking at the history of the Palestinians, it's it's very difficult to ask a Palestinian American uh, to 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 denounce Hamas because they have so much of history uh, on their side as they see it. And the world has not uh, come across and against them. Do you understand his his lack of uh, reluctance or his reluctance to denounce Hamas? Well, I understand why uh, he, he might not want to do it, and others might not want, because the larger point that uh, uh, that he is trying to make is not wrong, and that is the Palestinians have been treated very badly, not only by Israel but by their own leaders, and the Hamas has been a disaster for the Palestinians. Uh, they started this this phase of the war, and they they are positioned in such a way that the only way that they can that they can fight it is going to cause civilian casualties. Now, I'll tell you what's what I think is going to happen. Uh, world opinion is really turning against Israel on this. I think I think Russia. I, we disagree on this. I think we're seeing plenty of evidence of how much the Palestinian civilians are suffering. And I watch things like. CNN and, and you know nor sort of mainstream media and it's it's all over there the the message is here and people see it and even people like myself who believe Israel has a right to exist and a right to defend itself uh, it gives us pause when we see what's what's happening right, but I think the Israeli generals have figured out they've got a short window of time to do this kind of thing and I think it's going to become more targeted, but I think the war is going to go on for for another year until Hamas is uh, rooted out. And by the Chris, way, look, this is not a war where you want to be stuck in a tunnel when there is Israeli army is up on the on the, Chris, the surface. Chris Roebling has been chomping at the bit to get in and respond to you, Jay. Go ahead. Chris. Well, I I I'm sure I I have a lot of respect for Jay. I've listened to him for years and I've read many of his articles, and I I, I know he knows better than what he just said. So I, I'm ju- I just want to get that point out here. Hamas did not start this war. Hamas did not start this war. This war was started in Tehran, Iran. There is no doubt by anybody who knows what's going on in the Middle East that Hamas is a cat's paw of the malocracy. And as soon as Tehran completed its sweet of diplomatic activities with the Saudis earlier this year, it thought it had prevented the kind of rapprochement that we saw going on between the Saudis and the Israelis in July and August. And as soon as the malocracy saw that rapprochement proceeding, 
even with Netanyahu, who they thought was absolutely apostasy to Mohammed bin Salman and the entire elite that is ruling Saudi at this time. That is when I believe, and I think there's a lot of evidence for this, that they basically authorized this. There isn't a decision made by Hamas of this sort that does not come from 1,400 miles east in Tehran. That's number one. Number two, I just want to say real quick, it is time to extirpate Hamas. It is never time to level Gaza. It is never time to level Gaza. And my friend Raj here is, I believe, conflating Israeli occupation, which has not taken place in Gaza for more than a decade, since 2005, and Israel had put together a fabulous economy in Gaza for the first time since 1948, since 1947, since what they call the nightmare. And it was functioning beautifully, and people had jobs and income and growth and future and hope. And as soon as Hamas took over, it went straight down into the toilet because— they are ill. They okay. don't care okay. about serving the go, Palestinians. We gotta, we're going to go to Rush. I know Jay's got to talk as well, but Rush, we're going to go to you first. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, um, the idea that they you have, have to admit great, there's no occupation no, in Hamas. I will God. not admit let, uh, let anything that there you're saying no because Chris, Chris, what you have, what you have proven, Chris, with there our conversation, no you've got Gaza. to let me Chris. finish. Is there an occupation uh, in Gaza? Yes or no? Is there an occupation is in Gaza? Is there an occupation in Gaza? No. Yes or no? It's a cool. torture camp in Gaza. I'm sorry. That's what you have. That is well, you know what, Chris? disinformation. I've got news for you. You are failing the public. You are failing the public. Anybody's failing, it's you. And the fact is this. Chris, there is no you occupation in Gaza. Clear. You, Chris, you say you visit the go. Middle East, you visit Qatar, you visit all these places. Well, guess what? You are, I'm sorry to tell you this, and I know it's going to be on air. You're just an old white guy that's never been to Palestine. You've never been to Gaza. You don't know what that occupation looks like. Is there you an occupation in Gaza it since 2006? Camp. It is a is torture there, camp. Who's it torturing? Is oh, really? Who puts up the walls? Who drops the missiles? It is the Israeli government, and the people will the tell you that as well. The water pipes were taken no, by no, Hamas is, no, to create rocket launchers. It is not true. Who time. controls the water? Who co- controls the electricity? Who controls everything that goes in and out? The Israeli government. Talk to the people as well. You can deflect as much as you want, Chris, but the people have spoken. Let the residents tell you it is not the okay. Israeli government. Excuse me, it's not Hamas. It is the Israeli government. When we come back... John Williams, you've been sitting by quietly in Macon, Georgia, waiting to jump into this conversation. We will turn the microphone over to you, and maybe we'll turn the other microphones off for a while, but you'll get it when we come back. I'm Bruce Dumont. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. 
The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. What if the music stopped? If the familiar voices were silenced? If there were no breaking news updates? What if your companion and connection to your community came with a monthly fee? Don't worry. We're free local radio with you wherever you go. Celebrating 100 years and looking forward to the next 100. We are broadcasters. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Bruce Dumont back and uh, Jay Williams, uh, you were trying to get into that very heated conversation we had. So uh, uh, let me just throw it to you and find out what comment you wanted to make. Well, a couple points. First, uh, with respect to what Chris said, Chris, uh, I actually I actually agree with you uh, almost completely. So we're, there is not much daylight between us on that. Uh, the one small piece of daylight is the role of Iran in this. Iran absolutely facilitated this, absolutely is supporting Hezbollah, and are delighted any time that they can cause trouble for Israel. Uh, but uh, I don't think Hamas is... I think you maybe underestimate a little bit the degree to which Hamas has some agency in what it does. I think they couldn't do what they wanted to do anyway, uh, because except for uh, Iran's assistance. But they they wanted to extirpate Israel before Iran became involved in that. A uh, small point. Uh, perhaps a larger point is that well, you're also correct that 19 what was it 2005 when the Israelis left uh, Gaza and uprooted, I think, 18,000 settlers who, who didn't want to go. And they were, some many of them dragged out of their homes and let the uh, Palestinians to deal with Gaza. And it was kind of maybe a, a test of uh, what would happen if they did that in, in the West Bank. And the results were, were not encouraging. Uh, 
I, I think we still need to move toward a two-state solution with the, perhaps the uh, Palestinian Authority taking the lead if they can, but they are perceived perhaps accurately as, as corrupt gerontocracy and, and incompetence. So I don't know. I, I, I don't see a way this ends mm. happily. Rush. But, um, uh, first of all, no matter what, and again, I don't support, just for the record, any government in Palestine. Uh, you know, I, I don't support any of them. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who the government is. If you're living under oppression, if you're living under an occupation, how could you govern when you have the money that comes in? It's controlled by Israel. The water in Gaza, by the way, for people to fish, it's controlled by Israel. So you are unable to move. You're unable to do anything. So how could you have a government? And number two about this point about Iran calling a shots. That is just not true. At the end of the day, it's Israel and the United States of America that call the shots. I mean, America just recently sent $14 billion of our tax money of extra aid for Israel when they've already slaughtered 10,000 Palestinians. I mean, how do we look at that? When I hear about ending Israel and, and destroying Israel, why don't we look at the facts of what's happening on the ground? First, in the West Bank, you have settlements that are moving into Palestinian villages. My uncle last week oh, was, right. was right literally picking. That. He was but literally right. picking his uh, his olives out of the you know in his in his garden, and settlers came, beat him up, and gave his nephew fourteen stitches. So, so when we talk about this occupation, it's not just limited to Hamas and Gaza. It's 75 years. That also goes into the West Bank. And I think we want to just keep pushing this Hamas narrative nonstop when it's like, you know what? It's just not the truth. The occupation goes much farther. Where does, where does Hamas and Hezbollah, where do they get their money? Where do they get their weapons from uh, to, 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 to challenge Israel? First does of all, there's no not, challenge. Does that, does that not come from Iran? It is a fact. It is a fact that Iran does supply Hamas. But okay. the, but again, so where not, where is the challenge? We they've been we, the 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 uh, the Israeli occupying forces have been in Gaza okay. now for three weeks. How many Hamas soldiers have been captured or killed? I have yet to hear a report. All we are seeing and witnessing is a genocide of Palestinian babies and women. Okay. That is all we are seeing. Chris but yet Robert. I hear about the destruction of Israel. This Chris is unbelievable. Roebling. Chris Roebling. Yeah, in 2021, in April of 2021, uh, Joe Biden, idiotically, like everything else he does, hmm. turned okay. on the spigot of, of, of cash for, um, the, for, for, the, for um, the Palestinians. And within, within six to eight weeks... There was a raining down on Israel of thousands upon thousands upon thousands of rockets that had been supplied to Hamas from Iran. Now, Hamas does not light those rockets if Iran does not say yes. I do think there is some agency in Hamas, and I think that extends to municipal issues inside of Gaza. I do not think that Hamas has agency with respect to international steps. We have we have a caller on the line, Joy in San Diego, California. She has a relevant question. Go ahead, Joy. You're on the air. Oh, hi. Um, I, I um, listened to a Zoom today. One of my business school classmates um, has had been in with the State Department for 25 years. Yeah. The UN ambassador to Oman and such, and so. Mm -hmm. Um, 
he mentioned that there aren't any Arab states that will take Palestinians or even now the amount of humanitarian aid that they are providing is really dropping. Um, and Blinken is, you know, visiting them all and trying to change that. I didn't quite understand from him why the Arab nations, like you said, okay. Jordan is. Let's let, let's let Rush. That's a, that's, a, that's a very good question. Let's let Rush respond. Rush. Joy, here's the big problem. Palestinians do want, do not want to leave. We've already been kicked out. There's already three million Palestinians that have left. There's already over a million Palestinians that live just outside of Palestine that are refugees. So no, we don't want to leave. We live in Palestine, um, and that's what we want, and that's what we have to make work. The idea that you know we're going to move to Qatar or Saudi Arabia. The answer is no. We don't want to be migrants. Joy, you live in San Diego. I'm pretty sure you like it. What if, uh, God forbid, somebody came into your home and said, well, you know, religiously, this your house and, and San Diego belongs to us. They kick you out and they say, you know what? Go to Mexico. There's a great place for you. We'll put you in a home. Would you leave, Joy? Absolutely not. You would fight and you would fight and your family would fight and, and, and you would never give up until you make sure that you stay home in San Diego. And that's the fight the Palestinians deal with every day for the, 75 years. In the 1940s, the Jews... Excuse me, Joy. Let's let Joy respond. Joy, go ahead. Joy. Well, then another question. One of the things that came up kind of at the end was this is a far-fetched maybe possibility, but that through the Arab states and Palestinians that a group of leaders... Joy, we are we are out of time for this hour. I'm going to ask Fritz to get the gist of this question. We'll pick it up in the next hour. We're going to talk about this as well as other things. The new Speaker of the House and Republican politics and that New York Times uh, poll that came out with Siena, a pretty dramatic poll, positive for Donald Trump. Back shortly from Chicago, I'm Bruce Dumont. This is Bruce Dumont. We continue with hour number two of Beyond the Beltway. Thank you very much for joining us. In studio, Rush Darwish continues to be with us. He is with the president of the American uh, Arab American Business and Professional Association. He is also a Democrat. He ran for Congress several years ago and uh, may do so that again. I don't know. We'll have to ask you. Chris Roebling joins us, a veteran a Republican and a private investor who spends a lot of time in the Middle East. And uh, we say farewell to John Allen Williams, who joined us in our number one, but things got a little uh, hectic at the end of the first hour, so we say farewell to him, but we welcome an old friend, Mike Miller, joining us uh, from uh, his new perch in Western Michigan, Western Washington University. He's an economist, Western Washington University. Um, uh, Mike, nice to have you with us. I know that you were, I know you didn't fall asleep during the first hour of the show. Oh, So pretty hard to fall asleep. I I was... uh, (laughs) It was good discussion, Bruce. Uh, it was it heated was. and so forth. Well, I it, tell you, I, I, I learned a lot. Uh, I'm more on Chris's side, but I learned something from uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, from the other side. I uh, yeah. Rush gives me some things to think about. Well, I think I, uh, as he does, and I think it's important that uh, we mention that uh, Rush, you have family. You're Palestinian. You're an Arab businessman, but you have family alive and well. Uh, 
God willing, they stay alive and well uh, living in uh, in the Gaza, Gaza Strip. So uh, nice to have you with us uh, all this evening. And, uh, Mike, I want to begin with you. I'm going to kind of uh, sw- switch gears again. By the way, is there anything about that first hour that you would like to ask any of our guests as a follow-up, or should we switch to a different subject? <laughs> Well, I tell you, I, I would like to ask uh, Rush one question. I know at, at Western there there's a, a, a protest planned on Wednesday, and it's a state school. They have absolutely freedom of speech, and I absolutely support. I'm a I'm practically a, a free speech absolutist, but essentially it is one solution intifada revolution, and of course one solution sounds a lot like the final solution, and the idea of from the river to the sea. And I just rush. Do you accept the the annihilation of the state of Israel? Do you do you buy that statement? First of all, that's a, uh, with respect. I know that some people want to interpret it that way that it means the destruction of Israel. That is just a big falsehood. Uh, the way I interpret it, river to the sea, is that any Palestinians that live there have a right to be free. So when we say from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, it means that Palestinians should not be living under occupation. And that's how a lot of Palestinians interpret it from the river to the sea. However, other folks have decided to change that label as a way to say that because the Palestinians want freedom, that means that we want uh, Israelis to be hurt, and that's not what this is about. If somebody now, if, if okay. somebody interprets so, that way, that's that's their business. But that's not how I interpret it. Mike, I can ahead. tell you, just as, as somebody not as deeply involved in it as the two of you were, um, Hamas has essentially made me draw that conclusion because Hamas has called for the annihilation of essentially all the Jews and the state of Israel. What so about when what, the other side? But what about the what about the Zionist saying, movement? Rush, Why, just, how does how does the Zionist movement just get completely when the Zionist movement and the ideology is what's translating to all the deaths in Palestine right now and to the occupation and to the expulsion of Palestinians from their land from their homes? But yet, how does Hamas get labeled? But yet, the Zionist movement get a pass? It's right, not it's uh, not reasonable, right, Mark. Let's go back. Let's go back to Mike. Uh, Mike. Mike, Mike I'm sorry, Mike. Forgive ahead, me, Mike. I I'm, I'm just. Rush, this is this is what I hear. This is what they say. I don't I know that the Zionists were calling for the annihilation of all Arabs or all Muslims. Of course they weren't. Everybody. Let them finish. Of course they weren't. And and so okay. I, I I have dined let, with the let Arab your, Let your Muslim. eyes do the work. Hold on a okay. second. I've dined with the Arab yeah. Muslim member of the Israel Supreme Court. Twenty percent of Israel's citizens are Arab. And the vast majority of those are Muslim, and they enjoy civil rights. They have all of the rights. Wrong. They, Wrong. They have all the rights of the Jewish residents of you Israel. Don't, clearly, you don't talk to them. You're, you're no, I have, you I just, have broken uh, yeah. bread with them. You're talking as— uh, one, one second, one second, one second. So, so, one, one, one second. Where do you think that Chris is wrong? Well, he's wrong. I mean, my family co-founded a scholarship fund called the Palestine Student Scholarship Fund, which helps students that live in the 48 region— and they will tell you, and the families will tell you, no, they are treated like secondhand citizens. They get the worst jobs. Rarely do they get the, the opportunities, what we call equal opportunity. They do not have equal rights. Uh, many of the facilities, by the way, in Jerusalem or in the 48 area, okay. like still Palestinians are do not have the same rights at those right. facilities. Again, Chris, respectfully, I, I listen to the people. The people on the ground do the talking. Everything else, whatever they say, they say, but the gentlemen, people do the talking. Gentlemen. The people on the ground yeah. in Washington, over 300,000 yesterday, uh, tens of thousands in cities over the last month, 
My question to you, Chris Roebling, does that turnout, what does that turnout say to you about this issue at this time with a political uh, campaign coming up one year from today? Uh, Iran is going for broke. What? Iran. Iran is going for broke. 300,000 people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I was asked a question, and my answer is, Iran is going for broke. They're doing everything they possibly can to stop rapprochement between Saudi and Israel. That is what all of this is about, and Hamas is a cat's paw for Tehran. And if you don't have, if you're not in touch with that fundamental defining reality of this situation, then you're not connecting. And I think what what Rush has done tonight is a classic example of obfuscation and diversion. It's called and the, the truth. The, the real situation here is that Hamas has been ordered by Tehran to start this war and to try like crazy. What about the people in the streets? What about? I think the- it's awful. I think it's awful okay. when there are innocent <clears throat> Gazans who are used as human shields, which is a violation of the law of war. But about the people, and he's asking the, about the people. Yeah, You're I'm not, talking about the people. Okay. I, when those do, you, people, do you know what those people I'm sorry, are protesting for? I'm sorry, for? hold on a second. Do you know when what they're those, protesting for? When those people in Gaza are being used as human shields to protect the leadership of Hamas, which is hiding like rats under the ground, then you know that you have a, a bunch of war criminals that is running Hamas. And that is why the entire world, I believe, is getting united around the idea that Israel is correct. It is time to extirpate. Hamas. I, I got to tell you, it is not this, time to level but, but, Gaza. But this is this is the Chris. You have. I want to get back to you in a moment, but I want to stick to my question. It seems to me, as someone that has observed this for forty plus years, yeah, those that come to the street, if three hundred thousand people show up in Washington, are you saying that they're just they're listening to? Or, they're listening to no, Iran. I, I, I believe there's a lot of anti-Semitism and Jew hate oh abroad gosh. in the enough land. Enough is enough. Enough there's is enough. A, there's a lot of anti-Semitism is, is, and Jew hate on, that is abroad in the land that will not recognize how? what the Hamas, I don't know, cowards did first, when they invaded all, Israel and they killed all, Jewish, innocent Jewish civil- Voice for Peace organized excuse me, excuse the rally. Me, excuse me. There were thousands we of Jews talking, at the we are, rally. We are, we are, talking, come on. One second, folks. There were Jews one, at we the ta- rally. This is insane. Okay. I am talking about innocent civilians who were extirpated by Hamas. No, it's by I'm the Israeli government. What it's I'm an t- occupation, Chris. What I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is the fight for the hearts and minds of the American people, whether they're Arab Americans or not. It seems to me that uh, things related to Israel are changing a little bit when you've got that turnout. And again, we want to talk about politics in a minute. Back shortly. All right, we're going to take a little pause in this uh, discussion as uh, uh, Chris Roebling is checking his email as we speak. That's what he's doing. You're watching him on TV right now. Fritz? I mean, Chris? <laughs> Alert Back, now. I'm right here. <laughs> were your reviews, were you, were you getting good reviews? From, no, uh, I got a note from and, India. I had to. A note from India. Uh, my question to you, I said uh, that uh, that I'm going to 
make a, some, a confession right now. Uh, regular listeners to the show know that several months ago, uh, I had an extensive essay, uh, which I put on the website as well, in which I said that I did not believe that Donald Trump could be reelected president of the United States because to do so in 2024, he had to win in five specific states, and he had to win all of them. He, lost, he won them all in 2016. He lost them all in 2020. And because of the political climate in each of those states, meaning in many cases there was a Democratic governor now, there was a Republican governor a few years ago, I made the point that uh, the five states that Donald Trump has to win to be the president of the United States, there was no way he could do that. And I made a big deal of it. Well, guess what? The recent New York Times Siena poll came out a couple of days ago. And this is the poll that everyone was talking about this morning. And this deals with the states that I had referenced. And so I'm going to repeat to you right now where things stand right now in that poll. And I'm going to say up front, I'm going to back off from my prediction because I now believe that Donald Trump can be reelected president of the United States. And here are some of the differences. In Arizona, Donald Trump now leads 49 to 44 for Biden. In Georgia, another must-win state, 49% for Donald Trump, 43% for Joe Biden. In Michigan, 48% of Donald Trump, 43% for Joe Biden. In Pennsylvania, 48% for Donald Trump, 44% for Joe Biden. And in the one state uh, that is an outlier at the moment, Wisconsin, which is also, in my view, a must-win state for Trump, right now he is losing. Trump is at 45%. Joe Biden is at 47%. But one state that I did not mention several months ago was the state of Nevada. And yet today, Nevada, also a swing state, Nevada now has Donald Trump at 52%, Joe Biden at 41%. So based on these numbers in today's or this week's New York Times Siena poll, I'm going to back away and alter my prediction. I think Donald Trump can be reelected president of the United States because all of those factors that I thought were out there, they don't appear to be relevant insofar as how voters in those states feel right now today. So that's my response. And I want to get Mike Miller. You've been following this along with me for the last several months. Yep. Uh, does that poll shock you uh, as much as it did me? Uh, not as much. Um, it's two things. I thought your question right before the break was very prescient, and that is, what are the political uh, uh, fall? What's the political fallout right. of, of these large protests? I think there's going to be there's two things that are going to weigh on Mr. Biden that's going to make these numbers even worse. One is that if this continues and the the protests continue, and Joe Biden and his administration do not come out strongly in favor of of uh, Israel and against what uh, uh, the atrocity that was committed by uh, uh, Hamas on uh, the, on the seventh, uh, 
I think that a number the Jewish vote, if there is such a thing, and it's relatively small, will not be in the pocket of the Democrats. Secondly, uh, you know, I've been relatively uh, positive about the economy. I thought we could get through this whole thing of the Fed raising interest rates without necessarily falling into recession. And that was because the, the labor market was so strong. The most recent labor market report, along with the inflation report, along with um, some other things coming down from manufacturing, the economy is in trouble. And there is a chance, a better chance than we thought even just uh, a month ago, that the American economy could fall into recession in early 2024, which, if you're a Democrat, would be the very worst thing for Mr. Biden. If you add economic weakness, a very, very large deficit with the uh, with the Jewish vote leaving, I'm not sure if they're going to go to Republicans, but they will leave the Democrats. I think that Joe Biden has almost no chance. Uh, another Democrat might, but I think Joe Biden has almost no chance of reelection. Well, another another question right now, and I want to ask Rush because Rush is he has run for Congress as a Democrat, so he's a he's a card carrying Democrat. My question to you is: um, Michigan has one of the largest Arab American populations in the United States, uh, and uh, that's that clearly could put Michigan in play because right now, at this moment in time. There's a lot of Arab Americans that don't think very highly of the president. Is that your view as well? Absolutely, 100%. Donald Trump just lost Michigan. He, Donald Trump Don, lost Excuse Michigan. me. Let me rewind here. Let me take a no, step back. Okay. Okay. President Biden just lost Michigan, and there's no turning back. You're talking 300,000 votes that he has just lost. Does Donald Trump, if Donald Trump says something other than defending himself against all these... <laughs> attacks he has from the Justice Department, if he utters an opinion on this, will he lose votes as well? Will he lose the ability to pick up votes from Arab Americans? Yeah, I don't see him picking up that much. I think you're going to have a lot of Arab Americans who are going to stay home. And I also think it's too early. I, I agree this poll is very troubling for President Biden. No way. You, you cannot deny it. He is in trouble. But it's also very early. And we don't even know if Donald Trump is going to is he going to? How far is he going to go with all these legal battles? Can he right. even get to the finish line? But there is no doubt. I agree with you one hundred percent. Right now, Donald Trump is a real player in the game to become the president. But who knows if he could even get that far? Okay, but 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 your point is he has trouble with the Arab American community. Mike Miller is saying he may have trouble with the Jewish community as well. And Chris Roebling, your assessment? Uh, yeah, paragraph twenty-one, and I'm only saying that I don't know what paragraph, but I mean. African Americans have bled away from Biden. What? Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. African Americans are, are 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 supporting Trump at extraordinary levels, according to the report in the New York Times uh, that we saw this morning. And it's it's unlike anything anyone has ever seen. I think there was a number twenty two percent, maybe for. Uh, African-American males, I think African-American females remain pretty strong behind Biden, but African-American males are choosing Trump over Biden. So uh, Biden, I agree with Rush, uh, had very little good news. Abortion is the only topic where he is strong. What does, what does Trump say? What has he said? 
And what will he continue to say? How does he walk this line that all politicians have got to walk right now? If they want Jewish votes and Arab American votes, is there is there a line, is there a position that he can take that would keep both sides happy? Well, I, I, I think Arab Americans understand that the United States stands for the independence and the uh, the the vitality of the state of Israel. And uh, the United States also, as I was saying earlier in the program, supports a lot of Arab countries and, in fact, does so more than it supports Israel. Okay, stop for a second. We have an Arab American, a real-life yeah, Arab American uh, five, right here. 5% of Arab Americans nationwide are saying that they will think about voting for Joe Biden. 95% say no. And that is that is a poll that has been done internally. So he's in trouble. Also, let's not forget about the Muslim. But by the way, you know they're just a small fraction. The Muslim vote here in America today is also because of what's happening in Palestine is also going to really, really hurt Joseph Biden because a lot of folks are also saying we are not voting for somebody who stands for genocide. Chris Roebling, I, I look. I think that you asked me what does Trump say. Yeah. Trump says, I support the freedom and the independence of the state of Israel. I support the Abraham Accord process. Uh, that process should should play itself out. And Hamas is guilty of any number of war crimes. That If he says that, um, I don't know where that's what that's going to do with the Arab Americans. They're certainly not going to vote for uh, Biden. And that means benefit for Trump in a place like Michigan. Okay. Uh, I want to go back to... But he'd be uh, lying, though, about breaking international law because the Israeli government are the ones who have, on record, have broken countless okay. international wanna, laws. And I that's wanna, a fact. I, I want to I go back to, to Mike Miller again and get your 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 assessment as well as, as to, uh, is it unrealistic I, to think that uh, the president is going to get any significant support from Jews or uh, from Arabs? No, I, I don't believe that he, the president will. And when you combine this with people's perception of his age, but more important than his age, his mental acuity or lack thereof. You know, did you yeah. see uh, Bernie Sanders uh, today interviewed? I did what not. What a sharp man. He's roughly the same age. The guy is so sharp. Age is not an issue with Bernie Sanders. Age is an issue with Joe Biden because he is mentally unfit, unfortunately. Now, a lot of us see that. And uh, and as much as I like Joe, so to speak, uh, that's not. And, and I think Chris has it right. There's no reason why you can't say that what Hamas did was, was an atrocity, that Israel has the right to exist. And boy, I wish we could come up with a solution. And look what I did when I was president. And I created these Abraham Accords. And, and you know, uh, Raj, I mentioned that I, I I spent a lot of time in Bahrain. The last five of my published, uh, you know, peer-reviewed articles were on the economy of Bahrain. Well, I have a certain love for the for the Muslims in Bahrain. I, I truly. You would and, love the Palestinians. I, you would love them if you got to know them. I, okay. We've got, I had we've got it. We've got it. We got to pause, yeah. Mike. Stand by. We'll be back with a final word to you. Not a final word, but a word when we continue. Dumont back, and uh, I want to ask uh, Chris Roebling a question. Chris, uh, there's going to be a debate uh, this coming uh, week in uh, Miami. 
Uh, all the major candidates for the Republican nomination are going to be there. Donald Trump will not be there. Um, is there anyone in that field that you think can still at this late hour, and I think this is sort of a late hour, even though the election day is one year from today, um, do you think they can make an inroad into Donald Trump and wrest that Republican nomination from him? No. No. Uh, outside some sort of unforeseen event, I think that Trump really is uh, has proven himself to be uh, Teflon with respect to the. Let me give you an. Let me give you. Let me give you an outside event. Yeah, he's found guilty. In well, some exactly, of the, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was saying he's yeah. Teflon with respect to all of these allegations and these these criminal proceedings. Um, it, they have not affected his standing with the Republican base at all. They haven't reflected. Uh, they haven't inhibited his standing with his own base at all. It's quite amazing when you look at you know the record, well. right? And uh, people are turning to him out of desperation with Biden and his policies and his results and what he's delivered. So I would say at this point, the Republican debates are sort of uh, not to say nonsensical, but they're really about vice presidential possibilities and things like that. I don't. I uh, there's a chance there are a couple of people in there like DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Maybe there's another one I'm forgetting right now, but I don't think it amounts to much. Does it make a difference to you? I, I think it, they're running for president with the hopes that Donald Trump gets convicted and he does a run. That is the only path any of these candidates will have a chance to win. But I want to do pivot back to one point about sure. the Muslim and the Jewish vote, uh, vote. Look, every vote counts. However, at the end of the day, that is not what the Biden administration factors when it comes to their decision making. It all comes down to dark money, and it comes down to the PACs. APAC, and have they have many other affiliate, what we call dark money PACs, that will spend hundreds of millions of dollars during the presidential campaign. And that is the fear that the Biden administration has, is that they have this, this influx of negative ads running against them during the, the primary or during the general election. That is really going to hurt him, and that is their number one concern. From, from not a, necessarily from the votes. APAC? Well, APAC has what we call affiliate. They have what we call affiliate PACs that spend money either for a campaign or against the campaign. But is Biden not sort of supporting Israel right now? He is fully supporting so Israel. So APAC is going to attack a president that's supporting Israel. The American Israel what, what Public I'm Affairs Committee. The, the reason those. why the Joseph Biden administration, President Biden administration, has completely turned a blind eye on humanity with what's happening in Palestine. Because you could hate Hamas or love Hamas. That doesn't matter. What we, we have to look at is the ground, and you see thousands of babies being killed. Um, he's, he's turning a blind eye on that because, yes, he is saying if he even plays anything of an even hand by saying, hey, let's have a ceasefire, um, the idea of the, the price he will pay by the dark money packs that will go after him during his campaign will be detrimental, and that's why he's speaking the way he is speaking. Mike Miller, a question to you is, are you offended by some of the comments that have been made uh, by some of the Arab American uh, members of Congress uh, who have weighed in and, and made uh, uh, life at least difficult for the president? Uh, Representative Tlaib is one. Uh, does, does she have a right to speak, and uh, why do oh. so many people seem to be upset when she speaks, or frankly, when uh, a couple of hundred thousand people go into the streets if uh, if protest is not what part of life in America is about? 
Exactly. And, and, you know, as a essentially a free speech absolutist, we have to protect everybody's rights to speak, even though in some cases I consider their, their message to be vile. I, I do believe, I understand Russia's view, and I've heard this from uh, Taleb, that, that from the river to the sea is, is a... Uh, I hope it is not a it not a policy for the uh, extermination of the Jews. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Rush. I I simply don't accept that. Uh, Hamas is the one who is essentially behind that. I know that that's your view. I I understand, and that's something I learned tonight. There's more than a few people who believe that. I look up, find look it up Zionism. That's that all I'm going to say. Congress, that I meant a member of Congress would would take the position that um, from the river to the sea is a perfectly acceptable position to take i i the i i guess i'm just um i'm a little shocked at what she says but in some sense she's showing her true colors and and so people will vote and she, rep- and she represents people. and she represents her constituency and she That's wins right. by I mean, and she wins by a landslide by the way yeah uh, well, Chris we'll Rowling, see if that is do, do, her do, last election do, won by a landslide. Do you, do you agree with that, Chris? That uh, you know, when we when you have these members of Congress uh, uh, who say uh, what the general public would say is outrageous uh, conduct, uh, whether it is uh, Rashid Tlaib on one side or whether it's Marjorie Taylor Greene on the other side, that these are these are one voice or several voices within 435 members of Congress, and that's what the founding fathers wanted. It's the people's house. Yeah, absolutely. So they can say whatever they want. Yep. Okay. Let's go to calls. And by the way, and I can also react by saying I find what they say to be vile. So yeah, we can look. Yeah, but but, yeah, yeah, you're you're you're. Yeah, if free speech was all good, happy speech, it wouldn't be. uh, There wouldn't be any controversy. It's the it's the other stuff. Uh, A frequent guest on this program in recent months has now joined us. He's listening out in uh, somewhere in uh, New Jersey or by the shore. Uh, Peter Qualia joins us. Uh, He is a Trump Republican, and he wants to weigh in on these uh, polls that have come out. Uh, Peter, nice to have you with us on the phone tonight. Thank you very much, Bruce. I thank you for taking my call. Good. I just wanted to call in and and uh, wave the Trump flag. I, um, as you know, I'm a, a huge Trump supporter. I absolutely believe uh, that these polls are great news for him. I I believe that he's going to be the next president of the United States. I uh, one thing that nobody is talking about is uh, RFK that uh, you and I have discussed previously. Right. Um, I. There was a time that I was uh, very Kennedy curious. However, he has touched one of the third rails of politics with his stance on reparations. I think that takes him out of the box for most Republicans. And I think that uh, he is going to do for the uh, Republican Party. I'm sorry. Well, he's going to do, I guess, to the Democrats what uh, Ross Perot did for the Republicans back in 1992. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, considering that Trump's Forty uh, percent is absolutely solid. Uh, you know, I think that the Democrat and uh, RFK are going to split the other sixty percent, which is going to give the Republicans an overwhelming electoral college advantage. Peter, a question to you is, uh, and again, you've identified yourself. You're a strong Trump supporter. Do you believe yeah. that it is long, or whether it whether it's long past due or not? Do you think it's time for Donald Trump to start weighing in on issues that are important? to the voters, Republican primary voters, and not exclusively focus on on his own uh, legal problems, 
because that's when you think of Donald Trump opening his mouth, it's it's he's talking about a witch hunt. He's talking about some indictment somewhere. He's not talking about anything that that the American people are talking about over their dinner table. At least, not in my opinion, he's not. I don't think I think that he's uh, you know he's allowing the other uh, the wannabes uh, you know attack each other attack each other. I'm sorry. He's allowing the other wannabes to attack each other during the debates. I think it's smart to stay out of the debates at this point. Uh, but should he? Know, but should he offer? Election. But Peter, should he? Should we know? Should Republicans know and Democrats know? Should we know what Donald Trump would do, not did do, would do if he was president now, vis-a-vis what's happening in Israel and Gaza? Should we have a, a position paper from him on that? I don't think that's a good political strategy because he's got to win the primary first, and he's this. You know, his primary voters are uh, fairly safe. I, I think he can only hurt himself by try, by doing that at this juncture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, after I, he secures the primary, I mean, you know, then, then absolutely he will have to. But you know, at, at, at you know, he's got to. You know, it's all about the primary now. There's no reason right. for him to risk alienating ta- any right. actual voters. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Hold Chris on Robling. a second, Peter. Hold on a second. In my humble opinion. Trump helps himself if he starts planning today, not executing, but starts planning for a generic campaign that would turn over the House, the Senate, and the White House to the Republicans so that not only would he have folks in the Senate and the House with whom to work, he would have a mandate for a program. Now, I I agree with you. Now's not the time to be running out after every headline and saying, oh, well, here's my view of this or... Here's my view. Or here are my five cents on this or mm-hmm. my two cents on that. I agree with you, Peter. But the point here is that for the first time in a generation or two, Republicans have to wise up and win everything. They have to take the woke agenda and stuff it down the Democrats' throats because the liberals of – and I was a child of two very dedicated Franklin Delano Roosevelt liberals – gave in to the left, and we have seen the result. The Republicans have got to generalize this election and make a generic campaign push to return House, Senate, and as many state houses, as many governor's mansions, and of course the White House, to the R column. That is the only path for America because we've seen what the woke left will do to this country. What grade would you give? Trump gets about a D minus on generic campaigning and supporting okay. Republicans for House and Senate, let alone Republicans at the state house level, state senate level, and um, uh, uh, governor's mansion level. And, and the Republicans when, that follow him also get a D minus, and that's why you guys won't win. Well, I'm not sure about that. I think I think there's time for us to mend our ways and to start building on the results in the. People have got to look at that New York Times poll and learn. They've got to shut up and learn. The key part of that is shut up. Shut up and learn. Uh, I'm Bruce Dumont. When we come back, I want to get everybody's reaction on the new House Speaker. He's uh, made some uh, decisions already, and uh, certainly he's been uh, he's had the job long enough to get a grade, and we'll get that when we come back. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. You're listening to Beyond the Beltway from coast to coast and border to border around the world.
Bruce Dumont back. And a question about the uh, new uh, House Speaker. A uh, question to you, uh, Mike Miller. Um, last week, he stood up and said, we're going to get money for Israel. We're going to separate it from money for Ukraine and even the border. He wants to do a separate bill on that. But he got that through the House, but it appears that it's dead on arrival in the Senate. So uh, uh, what's going to happen between uh, uh, the new Speaker and uh, Mitch McConnell? Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I did not know this man. Uh, I, so he's in, in my mind, he has to prove himself to me, but I, I like what I've seen so far. I, I do. I, someday the, the Congress has got to get spending under control. If you take a look at the uh, coming deficits that, uh, that are going to occur and what that's going to do to the cost of borrowing and what that's going to do to the economy, it's going to be a disaster. And, and one way to get control of spending is to not allow these giant bills where they can stuff pork in there in large quantities. So I'd love to see that each particular topic, the border, Ukraine, uh, Israel, whatever, they each have their own separate uh, funding. There's no reason why they couldn't have those bills ready to go and do it quickly and do it efficiently. And, uh, uh, and the, so I, I hope that, they, that he will stand firm and say we have got to get – I mean, the House is the one who controls the purse. Right, yeah. he, was so on Fox, he, was on, get, he was on Fox News uh, Sunday today with uh, Shannon Breen, and I, I thought he was – it was his first – you know, Sunday morning show. I thought he did a terrific. He's a, uh, he's job. a very he's a very sharp guy. He's Affable. A, he's a very. Yeah, I, I saw him interviewed by uh, Larry Kudlow on uh, on Kudlow show uh -huh. on Fox Business. I was very impressed. Yeah, I, like I say, he in a sense he has to prove himself to me. But so far, I'm I couldn't be happier with who they have chosen. The, the, if I may, the, and, and I know we're running out of time here. The question for the speaker, in my humble opinion, is the following: Will he? use the legislative calendar to present the public with the dichotomy between what ha what the Democrats have delivered and what the Republicans can deliver. If, if he, and he did it brilliantly on the Israel uh, aid by uh, setting it off against the IRS expansion. Mm -hmm. So Brilliant. he, he took something that the Democrats I don't know about Rush Aaron, I'm not speaking for him, but I believe in general, the Democrats don't want to own the fact that they want to expand the IRS so that it can go after middle-class Americans. And by, by juxtaposing those two issues, he showed that he is prepared to take these topics right back at the Democrats and to make them explain what the heck they were doing. Yep. He even said that he said brilliant. he said that he's he's willing to take that case to the American people. Absolutely, and, and he seemed to have what you're suggesting is he has to find other legislative initiatives that have some sort right. of an offset. So there's a there's a big big plus in it, and right. yet there's also a, some some negative. Do you have any uh, further comment well, on the speaker at for, the moment? Yeah, first of all. Um Amazing that he got in in terms of the process. Uh, he he, yeah. uh, he had no idea that it was even going to get to him, and it did. But yeah. I think when it comes to the aid to Israel, respectfully, you could put in an elephant, an actual elephant as Speaker of the House. That AIDS package was going to end up getting passed at $14.3 uh, billion. I think it's too early to really give him what I would call a you know a judgment. But, yeah, you got to call it the way it is. So far, it's just starting out. He has not caused any big issues. So You mentioned a few moments ago the, the amount of money that the United States has provided to Israel 
over the last decade, and you also compared that to what the Arab countries were getting. And no, again, no, no, over the last three years. Three years, okay. Yeah, there's 20 billion, give or take My question billion. to you is, a lot of people in Congress and average people are saying, you know what, how did the money in, in Ukraine, where did it go, right. how was it spent? Is that not a legitimate question I think it's to a total- also ask of Israel? It's totally legitimate wherever U.S. taxpayer dollars go. We have a tremendous organization here I know very well, and I've done some work for, so I have a complete disclosure. But I want to tell you, openthebooks.com has an expression, every dime online in real time. Everybody should be disclosing their actual destination dollars, okay? Where are these dollars going? Whether the state of Washington, state of California was sued against, you know, open the books. All of these people should be online. And the the idea that we should be sending billions and billions and billions to Israel or to the Ukraine um, without any accountability is absurd. And, and Especially, uh, when, you're, especially when you're killing innocent people. What have we gotten out of it? That's the truth. So, what have so, we gotten out of it? What have we gotten out of yeah, our of all aid the billion, to the Ukraine? Of all the, no, uh, both. Well, Ukraine and death, well, and, I, death and destruction. Okay, that's Russia's that, kind that's of stuck Russia's, on his, well, that, but, his uh, well, when, when, campaign. But when 10,000 10, people, when 10,000 innocent people die, that's a genocide. When it's weapons that are American-made and American-bought that are used on civilians, yes, that is where that money is going. I, I and and it, the taxpayers absolutely need to know this. There you go. I, I, Russia's voice must be heard, and I'm glad he's getting a platform on your program, Bruce. My point is that neither Ukraine nor Israel nor any recipient of American aid or American dollars, even the United States Department of Defense, which is the only agency of the federal government that's never been audited. Now, I can't imagine what an audit would be like. I, I used to work for the Department of Defense. It is, it's mind-bogglingly humongous. It's enormous. But the point is folks deserve to know. And if we have a speaker who is going to make a point of that, He's not going to go far wrong with the American people. Everybody's sick and tired of this thing. Mike Miller's got Let's a final word. Mike, Mike Miller, final word to you. Oh, no, I, I agree with that. And I, I can only hope, and here's my, uh, that he will get uh, the uh, spending under control because I'm convinced that uh, Mr. Biden has, uh, has not convinced people about this thing called Bidenomics. He can't explain it. The people don't buy it. If an economy slows down, Biden is dead. Okay. And uh, we didn't give you a chance to make a final comment on the on the on the Trump uh, 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 polls, uh, Michael. Oh, I, I think that the polls are. I, I'm as surprised as you are. Uh, you know that I'm I'm a little reticent about uh, right. Mr. Trump at the time. I, uh, but you know, if the choice is between Mr. Trump and Biden or almost anybody, I have no choice uh, because who I think is your Democratic second choice? Who is your second uh, I would choice? Be Ron DeSantis. I would go with Ron DeSantis, and I think that the Republicans have got to have somebody on the side okay. who is going to be able to step up instantaneously if Mr. Trump is, in a sense, pulled out of the race through some legal. On that note, our thanks to Mike Miller from Western Washington University for joining us today. Chris Erblich and Rush Darwish. Our thanks also for Fritz Coleman for his assistance in the production of this program. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago.